Hi everyone, it's time for some old-fashioned Bible study out of the book of Genesis. This is Joseph Brownlee, your host of Connecting the Dots. Joseph Brownlee, your host of Connecting the Dots. Hello to all my listeners, all my international listeners, and all my USFA listeners. I thank you and I appreciate you for tuning in to this special show of Bible study out of the book of Genesis. Without any further ado, without any other announcements, without any other breakdowns, let's get right into this. I'm going to be continuing what I left off at in Genesis. I read through Genesis 2, 1 to 7. If you want to know, get more information of where I started out in Genesis 1, you have to go back to the previous three Bible studies in Genesis, okay? Right now, I'm going to get right into it because I want to take up more time of reading and trying to elaborate and break down God's Word, you know, the way it should be, okay? So, I'm going to be starting off and leaving out. I left off of Genesis 7 about the God-formed man out of the dust of the ground, and I'm going to get into a breakdown, and then I'm going to continue reading. So, I'm going to do this at least about 25 minutes, so bear with me. This is, listeners, the study on the early chapters of Genesis, I'm going to be starting off from 2, 1 to 7. So I'm going to 7 again. So I'm going to elaborate. I left off, I, I was telling you about in chapter 4. I mean, chapter 2, verse 4. The generations, I broke down what the generations were. The Bible talked about that. First, let's go to 3. In verse 2. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because that it, and it he had rested. Remember, I broke down rested mean he just finished. Does not mean that that does not mean he was tired. Because God is Almighty, he does not get tired. That means he was finished of what he done. He was finished with his work, which 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 is his creation. Okay, then verse 4 said, these are the generations. This is the chronological way that God created everything. He did not talk about creating the heaven and earth. He started out with the heavens. Remember, I broke that down, how it changed from heaven to the heavens in chapter 2 because he was finished. This is showing him being finished. That's why he said the heavens. But if you notice, you go to verse 4, he's going to break down how it started. Now, remember I was saying chapter 1 is not the actual chronological way, in a sense, that it happened. It's like a parenthesis. It's giving you a little short sentence and a short break breakdown before the actual way that it happened. You know, like I said, I was listening to this other commentator. He believed this uh, chapter 2 is, is, is through the eyes of Adam. You know, his experience of a breakdown. That's why I believe also, this is my belief, my my way of looking at this. God was used over 29 times in chapter 1 of Genesis. His name, God, G-O-D. Now, God is just the, the plain way we use it. Now, they, the name is Yahweh, which I think was Y-H-W-H, something like that, Yahweh. And then it was, it was later on changed to uh you know, and deny, and then on Elohim, they call it God, you know, or, you know, the most easier translation that's used today, it does not mean it's God's name, but it's just an English way of using God's name, you know, it's Jehovah, okay, so just say in the beginning, Jehovah, 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 but when it goes to chapter 2, it says, Lord God, Lord God, Lord God, and the Lord is in capital L, O-R-D, capital letters, Lord God, Lord God, you know, 
That's what they're uh, what's talking about, Lord God, Elohim, Elohim. Okay, and God made, but I'm not going to get into the, the make you confused about the different, you know, uh, names of God. That's like takes another different teaching or another study. But I just want I'm going to be pointing this out because in the King James Bible, you know, I don't know about the other translation or even the Living Bible. I'm a backpack and look backtrack and look at the Living Bible. But I know according to the King James Bible, 29 times because I counted these personally myself. This is what I done myself. This is my own research of reading slowly and just looking at certain words and names like I do when I read and study the Bible now, you know, because I think that's important. And uh, 29 times in 31 verses in chapter 1 in Genesis. Then you have it in three verses. You have it in three verses of chapter 2 until you get to the fourth verses when you're talking about the generations. Then it switches to or changes to Lord God. It seems like it's more personal. So it could be, like the commentator said, a just a personal experience the way Adam seen things. I don't know if that's true, so don't quote me on that. But it's a reason why it becomes God to Lord God. It seems like this is actually what's happening now. So God was telling it in this way, and this is Adam's experience in chapter 2. So he's saying, Lord God, Lord God, Lord God. This is what I'm saying. It's okay. Then I went to, I went to, I was reading on verse 5, every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew. For the Lord God, I broke down that and everything the best way I can, that it, God did not use rain. He did not cause it to rain. He didn't have rain to make the, the, the vengeance and stuff grow. He used a myth from the earth. So the earth means the ground, the dirt, and whatever like that. Anything that's on the ground is called the earth. Earth is mostly, they uh, even some scientists, uh, you know, and people like that, that use a lot of fertilizer calls dirt earth. So earth is really main dirt so it came from the uh you know the uh the earth or the dirt or whatever like that so Adam was even made from the earth or the dirt of the land okay and I told you about that it was from a mess from under the ground reading that slowly I would have never paid any attention to where I used to read the Bible I would have never paid any attention you know but reading it slowly and you learn how to understand and read it slowly you get a more clearer look of what the word of God is saying. Then I said, read in verse uh, 6, but there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the earth. I just said that. And then it says in 7, this is what I left off at in the last verse. Okay, my back is itching. Not at the time now. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. Remember I said, these are the generations. This is actually the order. Without the creation, the heaven and earth. You know, this is the actual order. It sounds just like chapter one it sounds like it's a contradiction it sounds like these things were created created twice remember i was explaining that but it was not created twice it's just chapter two is the format of the chronological way that it happened chapter one is just a breakdown of what god done to joke i'm not getting that okay god created the heaven and the earth blah 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 the earth was out forming void etc like that that's just a breakdown you're telling a story you know, it's not happening now, but it happened in the past, in God's eyes. This is what he done. But this is the actual, just say, in the present time, in Adam's time, this is what Adam seen it in this format, had looked in the eyes of Adam, if I could put it that way. I can be wrong, but I believe that Lord God and that personal connotation of Lord God means something and that commentator could be right on that and I can't agree with him on that until proven differently I believe this is just a personal 
Adam looking at the chronological way that it really happened because you would think Adam and Eve was created at the same time according to chapter 1 but according to chapter 2 you're going to find out that no this is the real chronological now both of them is real but this and it's not a contradiction it's just uh, actually a breakdown of what happened okay okay now chapter 7 it says and the Lord God turned foreign man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul now the breath of life God breathes into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. Our commentator also broke this down, the breath of life. He believes it's the Holy Spirit that God breathed in this life. This is not me saying it, but I read a commentator say this. I forget his name. Was it Chuck Smith or either Grooks? You know, uh, the commentators I listen to uh, uh, for uh, a little elaboration, I, 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 I do uh, take some pointers from some commentators. Not a lot, but some commentators to see if I'm in the right direction and everything. But I never looked at it this way. The Holy Spirit, God breathed, the Holy Spirit gave Adam life and made him a living soul. It didn't say spirit. It just said Adam became a living soul. Okay, let's go to verse 8. So I believe the Holy Spirit, God breathed in breath. The breath, the breakdown, let me uh, read breath interpretation in Hebrew. Now, breath the interpretation of breath in Hebrew is called ruach, or it's called rock. And rock, that means it imitates the very sound of breath. It's the same for spirit. Let me read this again. I, I looked this up. The Hebrew word for breath means ruach, or rock. And it imitates the very sound of breath. It's the same for the spirit. So it's the Holy Spirit that gave this man life. God used his spirit, breath, rock, Hebrew spirit, to give Adam life, okay? Now let's go to verse 8. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant in the sight and good for the food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Okay, let me read this again slowly. And the Lord God planted a garden. I'm reading from chapter 2, verse 8 of Genesis, the beginnings. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. And there he put the man whom he had formed, or whom he had made, whom he had created. And out of the ground God made the trees grow and made it pleasant in the sight and good for the eye. And he also made the tree of life also in the midst of the garden of the tree of knowledge and the tree of good and evil. Okay, so the reason it sounds funny that because I'm trying to break it down in a paraphrased way instead of the King James way. In other words, God made two trees and that garden, two main trees. There was more trees than that, but it was two main trees God created for a reason. The tree of life, and also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Okay? The tree of life and the, and the tree of good and evil. Now, remember, this is God creating these things. Now, if you, I'm reading nine, but a 
according to Genesis, the rest of Genesis chapter 2 does not present a different or contradictory account creation, but it may be the history of Adam, respective Adam's experience of creation. I wrote this down, what I was explaining earlier. This is just, I believe, you know, and it, it helped me what this commentator said, that this might be an experience of what Adam see in the creation area. So therefore, it does not contradict chapter one. I can't keep putting emphasis on that because I want my listeners to understand that when they're reading their Bible or the King James Bible, that is not contradicting itself. Some people will look at this and say the Bible is contradicting. The Bible is full of errors, especially King James. That's what they're talking about. That's why some people believe other translations suggest here to correct the King James Bible. That's that's really they, they use that, but I'm finding that's not true. You know, they would say it's a contradiction, but it's not a contradiction in the Bible. When you just you just take your time to read the Bible, understand the breakdown of the Bible. Okay, now two trees. In verse nine, the tree of life. Okay, you have the tree of life, and you have the tree of good and evil. Now the tree of life. Is gonna is also gonna come back. The tree of life is also gonna be, and the you could read about the tree of life in the book of Revelation. That's gonna be in the heavenly places. I mean, not the heavenly places, but the kingdom of heaven, the millennial reign. That's also believed the looks in a, a garden of Eden and all that type of look and greenery. If you look closely, if you read closely. And you read the books of the prophets, like the book of Isaiah, the book of Ezekiel, and different books that talks about the breakdown and looks of the uh, uh, the Millennium Kingdom and the Kingdom on Earth. And then you look at the you look you listen to some parts of the uh, the book of Revelation. It sounds like the Garden of Eden. It sounds like the return of the Garden of Eden. It got the same kind of format. The healing leaves, it got the trees, it got the same, almost the same type of mist and stuff like that. You know, you have to go back to, like, go to Revelation 2 and 7 and Revelation 22 and 2. This, it would break down the tree of life, which is going to be the heaven on earth. You got some scholars believe, they believe, even today, a lot of scholars believe when the Bible talks about the tree of life and different things in heaven, they're thinking about the heavenly places. But that's the misconception and that's con- the confusion. They're thinking about every time the Bible mentions heaven and what's in heaven, it's basically talking about the kingdom of heaven on earth. I cannot put enough emphasis on that. The Bible is talking about the kingdom of heaven on earth, not the heavenly places and the third places where the church, the body of Christ is going to be, okay? That's the confusion with the different programs. So even with commentators that mean well, they're just stuck in their ways. They believe when they say the tree of life is going to be in heaven, they're talking about heaven on earth. Now, I'm not saying there's not going to be no trees and nothing like that on heaven, but I'm just talking about in context, when Revelation breaks down and they talk about the tree of life here, it's on earth. It's not heaven. This tree is not on in the heavenly places. These trees God created on earth. These same trees, mainly the tree of life, is going to appear again on the millennium kingdom on where? Earth. It's not in heaven. It's on the earthly kingdom where Jesus is going to reign. You know, one of the places Jesus is going to reign in heaven and earth, you know, but it's talking about the trees that's going to be on earth. It's going to be returning back in the millennium kingdom reign. Okay. So you got the tree of life and you got the tree of good and evil. What is the tree of good and evil? Good and evil. That's the tree of knowledge. 
That's the tree of knowledge. That means they cannot eat from that tree. And it's going to explain itself later. Okay, so I'm going to go from there. Let's go to, uh, so those two trees that uh, Adam is going to be involved taking care of. All right. And it said, out of the ground made the Lord God to grow. I'm, repeat, I'm rereading verse 9. <clears throat> Every tree that is pleasant in the sight. Every tree that means more than one tree, okay? But these specific trees and good for the food or good for, you know, good for the food, okay? Didn't mention meat this time. It said good for the food, King James. And the tree of life also is in the midst of the garden. Now, there's other trees in this garden. Now, remember, Eden is a garden. G-A-R-D-E-N. Eden is a garden. It has beautiful trees. I cannot even comprehend what those trees look like when they are perfect. Nobody has never ever seen a perfect tree. I don't care how beautiful a tree is on this earth or what country. No one has ever, never, never seen a beautiful, perfect tree. These was perfect tree. But remember, this is before the fall. This is before the curse. Okay, so everything God made, remember, is what? Good and what is good when God makes it perfect okay perfect so there was other trees and then he put emphasis on these specific trees the tree of life and according to the book of revelation what was the tree of life they can go and they can eat from these trees and they can get minerals and they can keep them just you know because they're going to live longer years again remember before the fall and going to the days of Noah people lived up to 900 or close to a thousand years old remember who was the oldest man that ever lived? Methuselah. Methuselah was 969 years old. I'm getting that to the third chapter. Who was the second oldest person that ever lived? His name was Jared. Jared was 962 years old. Who was the third oldest living person? Was Noah. Noah died at 950 years old. And then you have Adam. Adam died at 939 years old. This Adam right here. So therefore, lifespan was very long. I remember Les Feldick made a, made a joke about it. I, don't, I think he was serious, but it made everybody laugh. You just imagine living 900 and something or close to 1,000 years old. And they'll tell them how many kids they can have in that span. So it was that's why it was millions and millions, maybe billions of people that died in the flood, that died in the flood because of the long lifespan. They was having many, 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 many children. Many children, okay? But I'm not going to get ahead of myself. This is this gets good. But in other words, there was other trees and the tree of life that will get, it's like a medicine. It's not so much, you know, it get, it's not really explained, but it's the tree of life's purpose is to keep them living. Could be, but it also can use them just for nourishment and medicine and stuff like that because they would be living a long time. So they would have those supernatural nourishments and medicine. That was the tree of life, which is going to return on the uh, Millennium Kingdom in the, according to the book of Revelation. Okay. But also it's going to be there is the garden, be in the garden, which the garden of Eden is the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Okay. Verse 10. And the river went out of Eden. The river went out of Eden to water the garden okay remember no rain there's no rain never been rain god never caused it to rain just says no such thing as rain now coming from the sky but he used mystic he used a, a, a river flow from the, the earth from the dirt and you know and it just went through there and it just watered it in the mist okay 
and a river went out of Eden to water the garden. And from thence it was parted and became into four heads. That means it was broken off of four heads. These are the four heads. The name of the first is Pison. The name of the first was Pison. That is with compassion, the whole land of Havilah. And there is gold where there is gold. Okay, Python is surrounded by gold. Now, this is real gold. <laughs> this is another thing you must miss. See, this is gold. Remember, the Bible talks about transparent gold and everything, and the kingdom and the kingdom of heaven program, the trans, the streets of gold, etc. Excuse me. This is real transparent gold. I really believe where there is gold. Okay, and the gold of that land is good. Now, why? God made it, and if God made it good, that means it is perfect. Therefore, this is perfect gold. This is real gold. Gold, we don't, we can't even comprehend have real gold or anything that's pertaining to this. Now, let's listen to the other stuff. There was also bdellium. I have no idea what that is. The, and the onyx stone. I don't know what that is, but it has to be beautiful. And the name, you know, this is all just Python. So Python, in other words, is, is full of gold and other jewels and stuff like that and diamonds it doesn't say diamonds but it just talk about bedelium and onyx stones that's very it's deep whatever this part of section is it's full of gold and a lot of beauty when it comes to pearls and diamonds and stones okay the second river the name of the second river is called Gihon and the same is that the is it's at the compass of the whole land of Ethiopia so it's got to be a part of Ethiopia going through Ethiopia and the name of the third river is Hedekel that is it's with going toward the east of Assyria so it's letting you know which areas that these gardens are going through Assyria and the fourth river is the Euphrates River you heard of the Euphrates River outside that's going to be the final destination also when Israel get their whole land from Palestine and everything they could also be controlling Euphrates and everything right now it's divided with the Palestinians but the Israel is going Euphrates and all that is Canaan Canaan of old when you hear about Canaan that's all the land that Israel will have in the last days you know Euphrates is part of it okay verse 15 and the Lord God, remember, the Lord God, again, is more personal. It's just like Adam just telling the story now. And the Lord God took the man, you know. He said, Joe, how could Adam tell a story that just took the man? I don't know. This is just, I'm trying to get a feeling of the Lord God. It sounds just so personal, okay? So let me read. You ain't reading. <laughs> the Lord God sounds so personal. So this is the actual what happened. 15, and the Lord God took the man. You know who the man is going to be, Adam, and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. What does dress it and keep it mean? He's going to be working in it. Now, he said, working? You mean he's going to be digging and scratching or whatever like that? What kind of way he's going to be doing it? it? It ain't going to matter because he's going to love it because remember, he's perfect. You don't get tired. There's no tired in anything like that. Even if he rested, it ain't because of tiredness. It's because something he loved to do. Even in the Millennium Kingdom, there will be work. You think they're just going to be sitting around? People will be sitting around? They're going to be working, but they're going to be loving it. They're going to be loving it. It's something they're going to like to do. There's nothing wrong with work until after the curse. And I'm going to get there, you know, when I get to, you know, the further verses. But let's just take it as it is. He was there to dress it and to keep it. He wasn't getting water. It was not a curse. It was a good thing. He had the strength and he had the, the ability to do this. To keep up a whole ground. One person? 
And I'm sure it wasn't small. God created this. Just think of one man tilling it, as the Bible called it, and dressing it. That means he had to have the God-gifted ability to keep all that up the whole Garden of Eden. So it was supernatural. He didn't get tired. He loved it, enjoyed it. I have no doubt about this. Why? Because everything is perfect. Remember, you look at before the curse. Stop looking at it like it's, it's us today, how we will get wore out. No, this is perfect. Man did not get tired and they did not get wore out. Okay, verse 16. And the Lord God commanded the man, commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. Now listen to this. Every tree you are able to eat. Now you can eat off any tree. But verse 17, listen. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which is the tree we were talking about. What tree was that? Of good and evil. You go back to go back in the verses, the verses I was reading out of, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest, therefore thou shalt surely die. Hmm. Let's read that again. But of the tree of knowledge, of the knowledge of good and evil, this tree, don't don't even don't get don't even eat this tree. Thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest, therefore thou shalt surely die. People might say, God, why did he put that tree there? Why did he put that tree there? Why did, didn't he know God knows the past from the beginning? Did he know Adam was going to do that? Yes, I have no doubt God knew that. And God knew was going to what was going to happen. God also knew that God was uh, Adam was going to disobey, or the man was going to disobey at that time. Let's let's keep it in context. God knew that the man, because his name really hasn't came yet, that the man was going to disobey. My, this is my take on that. God let things play. See, everything God done is already finished in his ass, even in the beginning. There's no beginning with God. We cannot comprehend this. There is no beginning with God. Let me say this again. There is no beginning with God. That's just beginning. Our beginning is to help us. See, in the beginning. Beginning of what? The beginning of him created the heaven and the earth. Not the beginning of any. See, there's no beginning. You can't go beyond creation of heaven and earth. Man's finite man cannot go before that. No matter what they think, atheists, billions and billions and all that type of garbage and never like that. And some some ministers believe the, the earth is older. You cannot go beyond God creating the heaven of the earth. Remember, God is A to Z. God has always been. See, so therefore, God knows everything. He's all knowing. He knows the past, present and future. So, yes. My answer to that, God always knows what you're going to do. You and I and everybody. So he knew Alan was going to do that. But he lets it plays out, you know, for his glory. To show you his power. To show you his wisdom. It's not shocking what Adam or the man is going to do. It's not going to be shocking to God. God already knew. It's not for him. It's for us to see the wisdom of God. It's not this, when you read things like that, don't think it's shocking to God. I hear people say, the Lord turning in, he's turning around. God is so angry at what y'all are doing. Stop talking like God is shocked of all this evil and all this filth going on in the world. He already knew it was going to happen before me and you was even thought of, before thousands and thousands of years, before there's no time with God. He already knew before creation what was going to happen today and in the ages to come the future 
we cannot limit God. Ministers, body of Christ, let's stop limiting God. God is unlimited. He got unlimited power. He's all-knowing. He's omnipresent. He's omniscient. He's all-powerful. So God knows everything that's going to happen. He plays it out in his word for our benefit, for our history, to know him. Period. Okay? All right. I hope you got understanding on that. So, all right. He left it there because he knew he wanted it to play out. He was just showing how his wisdom is and how even he created man, how man cannot do nothing without him. Just the point, okay? He wanted us to see that. It was all future. God let us see the past and he let us see the present and he let us see the future. Mm, okay, let me know. I'm getting excited. All right. But of the tree of knowledge, verse 17 and chapter 2, of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in that day, it says the day, but I'm going to say that day, that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Now, die, die, I don't know what dying was. We can only speculate. I can only speculate. Now, what death God is talking about? You know it's not physical death because when Adam died, he did not die right away. We used to believe that, you know, maybe we looked at too much Snow White or whatever like that, ate the poison apple. But death, God is talking about spiritual death. That means a separation from him. Spiritual death. That's what that means. Spiritual death, not physical death. So that's why Adam lived, you know, but a, a timeline was set there. Death came, then it was a limit on age, then a time came for people to die. So even though they lived a long time, it started people's lifespan started getting shorter after the flood. That people's lifespan started getting shorter because the, the earth and everything in, in creation started getting more corrupt. Things started growing. You know, it's a lot of things changing. I'm going to get so much into this. A lot of you probably never heard this before. You might disagree. But I'm going to get into why a lot of things happen and different things like that. You know, it's a lot of things that people would read in the Bible and say, oh, that's sick. But... I'm going to get into that later, okay? So it's talking about spiritual death, spiritual death. Verse 18, And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helpmeet for him. I will give him some uh, helpmeet for him. 19, And out of the ground, the Lord God, remember, it was just God in uh, verse 1, I mean chapter 1. Now you notice it's Lord God. Now read out the King James now. I don't know about the translations doing this. The King James saying Lord God. And the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helpmeet. I will bring him, make him a helper. Okay, read this again. And the Lord God said, it is not good for the man should be alone. God understood the loneliness. Yes, it was loneliness then. Even though Adam knew God, you know, and the Bible said, you know, different so he had a relationship with God. What type of relationship? I don't know how he seen God or whatever like that, but Adam knew God. I don't know how that was. The Bible does not say, so I'm not going to add anything to it. But it said that man should not be alone. I will make him a helpmate for him. And out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field. Now, that would seem like also I'm going, I keep doing this for a reason. This is for our learning. He talked about the creation of the animals in chapter one. That was just a breakdown of what's going to happen in chapter two. That's all this was. So that, I don't think I have to keep doing that. Okay. This is the actual format. Okay. The animals actually been, was created in chapter two, not chapter one. Okay. And it's not good for a man to be alone. And out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them into Adam. Now he calls him Adam. 
Remember, it was just a man. Now he calls him Adam, okay? Am I missing something here? Are you missing something? Now all of a sudden, it's Adam. It was just a man and what the man is the man is. You know, you go you go back. It says in verse 7 in chapter 2, and the Lord God formed man. It was just man. But his name is Adam. Now, this is this you saying Adam's name, you know. And the Lord God said, It's not meant good for man to be alone. And the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam. Now, the man got, got a name now. The name was what? Adam. Adam, you know, somebody can break down what Adam means, but right now I, I don't have my stuff to break that down, but I'll talk about that later. And man, and God and gave it to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, creature that was named thereof. Okay. Now, this is powerful. Adam was the one that named every living creature of Listen to what I'm saying carefully, because I want I, you all, I know a lot of people, horns going everywhere. Every living creature of that time. The reason I'm saying every living creature of that time, because the creatures that God made, you know, some people might say dinosaurs or whatever like that, you know, you know, whatever, or dragons they call them, whatever creature God made from the horses, uh, from the, um, the uh the leopards from the lions and the bears or the fishes whatever like that of that time god adam named every creature of that time he gave them a name he looked at them and he gave them a name now some people might say wait well, wait a minute what all these weird animals and creatures that's out here now and what about these rock wellers what if who named punk dogs you mean adam called dogs pug dogs adam called rock wellers and doberman pigeons and different things like that and whatever like that no so joe i thought he said name every creature yes god adam named listen closely every creature of that time that god made now after the curse Listen closely. This is probably something you never heard before. And I'm going to close up. Listen closely to this. This is very, very important. And, uh, and, uh, and the Spirit of God showed this in my spirit. And bad me looking at certain things as myself. You know, show me in my spirit. He didn't talk to my ears. Said, Y'all want to know. It's just a revelation that I get, you know, by reading his word and getting understanding from him. Every living creature, okay, that was named, was named by Adam. Remember, at that time, now you have different forms of creatures after the curse. So Joe, what do you mean? It was creatures was reformed after the curse, genetically. You know, DNAs and different things like that. You have different type of animals that was formed today that was not back then by man. Hmm. You also have certain animals. Now, I don't want you to get confused. There's certain animals in the sea that we have never seen before. Yes, it is. There's certain animals in the sea. But I'm talking about, you see, a certain breeding. Man today has the knowledge to breed certain animals that became rock dwellers, Dobermans. You know, you had your wolves. Then your dogs came from the wolves. You see what I'm saying? The dogs came from the wolves' family. The little cats came from what? The 
feline family, the uh, whatever you want to call them, the cat family, the tiger family, the cats came from there. You see, as the curse came along and as things progressed, you had different forms of animals. That's why you got animals you ain't never heard before in your life. That What did they come from? I remember years ago, Rockwellers were shocking to me all of a sudden. But all of a sudden, you see a lot of Doberman pigeons. All of a sudden, it sounds like the Doberman pigeons and disappeared. What happened to the Doberman pigeons? Then you start seeing the Rockwellers over the Doberman pigeons. Now you're seeing the Rockwellers disappear. What, what happened to the Rockwellers? Then you start seeing wolf dogs. Then you start seeing pit bulls. Then you start seeing pug dogs. Then you're seeing shrinking dogs and all kind of stuff like that. No, Adam did not name those. Those was pre-creation. Those was pre-made. Those was genetically made to man. Okay? I know you never heard this before. The point I am saying that at that time, every living creature at that time, the perfect creature, those are perfect creatures, Adam named, not the pre-created creatures of today that's under the curse. You got, you, you feel what I'm saying? You under, I not feel, I hate that. I've been around too many people that said it too much. You understand what I'm saying? All right. Adam named every living creature that was named thereof. Remember the creatures he mentioned back here, whales, and where whales is self-explanatory. Every living creature moved with the waters. Uh, fourth book. Okay, what creatures? The fowls, the crawling things, you know, the living creature after his kind, cattle, creeping things, beasts on the earth after this kind, every living creature. Now, we don't know what every living creature was at that time, but today, and from hundreds of years ago, there are really man-made, mixed breeding today that Adam did not make because they're not from God. They've just been mixed breeding. Some of them don't even live long. Pug dogs and a lot of these animals today are mixed breed. Now, he's not talking about those animals that man that messed up from the curse and tried to make a different animal. Man always wanted to be Frankensteins. You know, they always try to, they even try to do men, man today with the transgender and stuff like that. God made male and female. Now they're trying to make, there's no such thing as the, even the name male and female. They're trying to make a law that you can't call a woman a woman and a man a man. See, I'm talking about things that man made. No, Adam didn't have nothing to do with that and God didn't have nothing to do with that. That's part of the curse and the wickedness of man. I'm talking about the living creature. What the Bible is talking about is a living creature that God created then, not the new breeds today that Adam named. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm going to start right there. Wow. And then I'm going I'm to I'm get into the rest of it. I want to start right there. And um, what is this? Genesis 2 and 19. I want to uh, piggyback off that because Genesis is so powerful. There's so much I have missed in the book of Genesis. And you line up what God has done, you're going to get a good understanding. Even when it comes to the living creatures and stuff like that, there has been creatures that was formed by man. If man can form viruses and they can form super bats and different things like that, a lot of these freaky looking creatures were not created by God. They was created and formed by man. Man has the ability to do that. Okay? By mixed breeding bad cells, bad DNA, and whatever with DNA for humans. They're doing like China, from what I heard, is trying to get in the situation, how true it is, and I can believe it, just making super, Superman. You see movies about that now. They're trying to make Superman. You got these dolls, you got these different type of dolls, you know, you have never, I have never seen before with all kind of shapes and forms of whatever like that. You go to the sea. Now, I believe 
you know, and I might be wrong, it's a lot of creatures in the sea that man can't touch too much, but I'm not going to say they're not, but as I know it's some unknown creatures in the sea that we have never seen before, I know that, but I can say for almost a fact that I know when it comes to the animals and, you know, when it comes to the dogs and the bears and the cats, that man has tampered with it and named them themselves. God did not give them, them. Adam did not give those, these certain a dog, got, he named a pug dog, he named a pit bull and stuff like that. All that was just pre-created by man, okay? Let me let me stop that because I know some people say, wow, you know, blue, 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 but that's what, what I'm talking about. Living creatures of that time that God created, God, I mean, Adam named all those creatures, not the, not the, uh, man-made, pre-beated, pre-breeded animals today, okay? You understand what I'm saying? Let's go, but the story Frankenstein, okay? When that, when the per- Frankenstein, when Dr. Frankenstein had to look for a brain, a brain for a dead body. Now, the dead body was a, I'm just, this is fictional now, I'm just using this as an analogy. The dead body, the man or the person that died it's after the image of God. In other words, you know, through birth from a woman and all that stuff, you know. It's a man. But the monster that was created, that was used from somebody else's brain, and they named him Frankenstein, that's not God's creation. That was formed and created, not so much created, but put together by man. When you see these super dogs and these these like big rock wellers and stuff like that, they was formed, they was created in labs. I have no doubt, you know. In other words, these are not the animals that Adam named. These are animals that man have created in their own laboratories. They use rats and mice and all kind of super stuff and all kind of garbage and everything. This is man-made, just like they use these other junk they put in to try to put in people, whatever like that. We have to know the difference. You know, God didn't have nothing to do with some of these freaky, tripped-out-looking animals and things that you see today. Now, he has some strange things, but I'm just talking about when it comes, the difference when it comes to Adam naming every creature. He's not talking about the creatures. A lot of the creatures that was breeded by man today, he didn't name them, man named them. I gave them all those crazy names, okay? This is Joseph Brownlee, your host of Connecting the Dots. Joseph Brownlee, your host of Connecting the Dots. I just read the book of Genesis, Genesis 2, and I read all the way up to um, 7 to 19. Stay tuned for another teaching on Genesis 2. And what I will be starting on is Genesis 2 and 19. And I will be uh, going back to the living creature, God. Adam named all the creatures. And Adam gave names to all cattle and to all fowl of the air. Remember, fowl in the King James Bible means the flying birds and whatever like that, whatever flies in the air, and every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not fowl and help meat for him. Then we're going to get into the creation of the woman. I'm saying a woman because the King James says the woman. And then her her name wasn't Eve as of yet, okay? You know, Adam called, Adam even gave her the name woman. He gave her the name woman, but I'm going to get into that later. Eve came later. Just like Adam came later, the name Adam, Eve came later. So it's just a woman that stay in context before she becomes Eve, okay? God bless you all. Love you all. Salvation is for today. 
if you never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, okay, how? By believing in his death, burial, resurrection. This is your time. This is your time. I'm a repetitious person. I repeat a lot of things. Why? Because I want to get it in you. You do, you're not promised an hour. You're not promised a minute. You're not promised a second. If you're not promised none of those, you know you're not promised the next day. So that's why I always say salvation is for the day. Believe in the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ by believing and receiving what he done on the cross. And you will be saved according to 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4. God bless you all. Love you. Peace out. This is Joseph Brown and Connecting the Dots. I hope you're enjoying this. Stay tuned for some more. Peace out. Bye-bye. Love you.